Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio. It's time for Tuesdays with Corey. And today's episode is brought to you in part by ARC, American Reprographics Corporation. If you print with it, print on it, or simply want it printed, head on over to arcinatlanta.com. Or better yet, reach out and ask for Mindy Godwin. Tell her Corey and Stone sent you her direct line, 770-394-2465. And now, here's your host, Corey Rick. Thank you, Stone. Today, we are pleased to have another great guest on the Tuesdays with Corey show. High Energy only begins to describe today's guest, Emma Loggins. She's the director of strategy and founder of Excite Creative Studios and founder and editor-in-chief of FanBolt. It's a great pleasure, Emma, to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Emma, please introduce yourself and your history and your work experience to the listenership here uh, of the show. Well, I... I do a handful of things. I'll, I'll give you the, that's an understatement. <laughs> it's, it is an understatement. Um, I started doing web design in 98. I was in eighth grade, started my first business, which later evolved into Excite Creative Studios. And, um, you know, over the years since then, got my bachelor's and master's degree in web design, new media, and launched a handful of personal projects over the years, too, which have um, developed into their own companies and own brands. Uh, in 2016, I launched Women's Business Daily, which is a website that is targeted at uh, female entrepreneurs and career-driven women who are looking for uh education and information on how to start their own businesses, how to further their careers, and how to maintain the work-life balance and the importance of self-care. Um, in 2002, my other brand, uh, FanBolt, I launched, and that is a geek news site, a geek lifestyle site. It focuses on film, television, travel, tech, kind of anything nerdy that you would geek out over. Um, and with that site, I really got my... My, uh, started my, my experience with learning digital marketing. I had a number of sites that I had launched off of that site for various television shows. One of that being for the OC. And it was the early days of Google. I love to figure out how things work. So I was able. Gee, that doesn't run in your family <laughs> at all. A, not at all. Um, but I was able to figure out SEO in the earlier days. Uh, much harder to do so now. But um, my site for the OC actually ranked above the official site for the television series. And Warner Brothers reached out in 2004, asked me to run a site that they were starting for the show. And um, really early days of social media and blogging and kind of got to experience that as a contractor with Warner Brothers. And um, since then, you know, graduated uh, in 2009 with my master's and I've uh, just been running these three brands ever since. You've had a lot of really cool experiences with FanBolt. You've done a lot of traveling. You've interviewed a lot of famous people. Tell us, tell us about that experience. Uh, FanBolt's been incredible. Um, I have, it seems so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and really ties into everything that I do on the digital marketing side. It's been one of my, um, greatest marketing pieces for, for getting clients. But, um, with that site specifically, 
I wanted an outlet to kind of celebrate the things that I geeked out over. And um, when I launched that site, you know, geek culture wasn't super mainstream and cool like it is today with Marvel and DC and The Walking Dead and all of those shows and movies. Um, so you were really kind of ahead of your time with that. I mean, it's, it was, it had a, a, a diehard fan base of those genres, um, even then, but, um, weren't as accepted as they are today. Um, but yeah, I've gotten to meet, um, and interview so many, uh, celebrities that have been a part of, uh, films and TV shows that I idolize. I've gotten to travel to other countries to visit filming locations and, um, you know, interview directors and, uh, photographers and cinematography experts and just all of these different people in and around the industries that I really love. Who are the three coolest movie star, movie related people that you interviewed and why? Oh, that's tough. Um, honestly, I've not had a bad experience with anyone I've interviewed, which I, that's good. It, it's extremely lucky because you always worry going into an interview that it's not going to go well. And then suddenly oh, yeah. the movie that you've loved for the last 30 years is no longer going to be your favorite movie. Um, Betty White was one of my all-time favorite interviews. Um, she's just as sassy and intelligent and, and witty and as amazing of a, a human being as you would expect her to be. Um, uh, John Travolta was actually one that I did relatively recently and was a huge fan of Grease growing up. Phenomenon is still one of my favorite films. Um, Pulp Fiction. So many great movies that I love. And so you're leaving one movie out of John Travolta. Well, he's done some not so great movies as well. Saturday but. Night Fever. Oh, Saturday Night Fever. Yes. In nineteen seventy seven when that movie came out, John Travolta was the coolest guy on the face of the earth. There's not even a close second. And I I I hear I watched that movie. I watched a special on it the other night about, you know, how what went into making the movie and, and, and I think the movie was made for just about a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And they were really worried about what they spent and it came out and it was a, it was a success and gee, do we release it as an R rated movie or PG? And I think it was R. And I remember I, that was probably the first sale I ever made because I talked my way into the theater and I was 12. And, nice. and I remember thinking that guy is so cool. He was just, um, it wasn't an interview. It was a 30 minute conversation with him. It was just, it was everything I could have hoped for. And, you know, he, uh, he's a brilliant actor and a truly kind human being. So it was a great experience. It, it, it seems that he, uh, he seems like a great guy. You know, I, I don't have the experience that you do with him, but I'm, I'm a great admirer of his movies and, um, He's made some that weren't great, but, uh, you know, I mean, all actors do. (laughs) And I think that, I think that he, he, he did Saturday Night Fever and then Grease came out shortly after that, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, he was riding a pretty high wave there. He was, he was. So how has your work with Fanbolt, how has that evolved over the years? Um, well, still doing everything that I, I did with it in the beginning, um, doing film reviews. Uh, Has it become easier with social media and all of the advancements there to do that? Yes and no. Um, when <clears throat> Fanbolt first started, it was it had a very thriving message board community, um, which was before before MySpace. And MySpace and Facebook kind of changed the game with message board 
message board culture to where those conversations were taking place on social media instead of on message boards. And I think that we've seen a bit of a shift in, in more recent years with people kind of almost having a little bit of burnout on social media and wanting to find communities that are more focused on, you know, specific topics that they're passionate about. And it's seen a little bit of message board culture come back in regards to that. But um, it's been both a blessing and a curse uh, social media has in being able to to promote. So I have to ask this, knowing your father, as I've known him for the past 20 plus years, how is it that you were able to grow up and not be a CPA? How did you do that? <laughs> I think he tried. Um, I worked for him um, one summer uh, when I was in high school, um, you know, working on processing tax returns and, and, and doing a number of things there at the business. And I told him at the, the end of, of that period that I knew one thing for certain and that I didn't want to go down the road in accounting. I, and so where did you stay after that? <laughs> he, you know, he, both my parents have always been incredibly supportive, um, with the fact that I wanted to go to art school and I, you know, was starting businesses and I couldn't have done it without their support. So I'm very thankful that they were supportive of me going to art school. Well, your dad is certainly a fan of yours. There's zero question about that. You had some other experiences growing up too. You you are born and raised in the Atlanta area, right? I am. That's rare. Yes. <laughs> and you had a lot of experience with ice skating. I did. I did. Tell us about that. Um, I started skating when I think I was Cuz I know you didn't get seven. your athletic ability from your dad. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm, I still, uh, it's funny that sometimes if you, if you put me in, in heels, high heels, I can't walk, but you put me on, you know, a tiny blade on an ice and I can skate. It's, it's a very odd thing. But, um, I, yeah, I started skating when I was seven and, mm. um, I did something at the time it was called precision skating. Today it's called synchronized skating and it's, you know, roughly 16 or so girls on the ice, um, kind of rockette style. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, not an Olympic sport yet because not enough countries have teams to send to the Olympics with it. Uh, but I think that that it's probably going to change hmm. in the, the future. You had a lot of success with that though. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, that was my sport as a kid. What did you learn from that? Um, I learned a lot from that. I think teamwork being the, the major, major thing that I learned from that, um, you know, working with 16 other girls on the ice and having to coordinate mm. and count and be at a certain place at a certain time. Um, it was a really good experience for just experiencing what it's like to work with a team. Yeah. So you graduated from high school. What, what year? 2002. Cause it feels like, it feels like I need a break hearing about all the stuff you've done and you're very, very young yet. I mean, you're just sort of getting started. Um, how did you get the idea to get involved in web design? Um, was there a jumping off point? I, I don't remember the catalyst. I remember, um, that I was in my, my dad's office and there was a book, I think on front Because you'd page. done something wrong. No, I, well, I don't think so. Um, I don't remember, so we'll say no. Um, but, uh, I, there was a book, uh, on front page, which, um, embarrassed him admit now, but a lot of people, you know, in the late nineties dabbled in front page. And, uh, um, I have no idea what you just said. It is. Is it, that a newspaper? No, no. It was a, uh, website coding program that you could oh. use. Um, and, and now, uh, you know, it's kind of, no one uses those, those types of things anymore. But, um, 
I kind of got into it and I've, I've always had a knack for, um, and an interest in building businesses. And I would sit down on, you know, I'd sit down at a table with like an office depot catalog, give myself a budget and have to outfit my office. And that was fun to me at, you know, as a middle schooler or as an elementary school kid. You are definitely your father's <laughs> daughter. So I, I've just always loved building brands and building businesses and, um, being able to, to build websites allows me to, you know, build a digital presence for multiple types of brands. So it's, it's building businesses over and over, which was really satisfying and exciting to me. What are some of the main things that you would need to have for a client to help them build their business, to build their brand? What are three things that you would need from the client to do that the right way? To do it the right way. Um, <clears throat> I, Content is king. Um, having good content, uh, that you can work with to, to SEO and further optimize. That's, that's the most important thing. Content that reads well for the reader, but also reads well for Google. Um, high quality images. That's another one that can be a struggle. Um, if you took it on your cell phone, it probably shouldn't go on your website. Um, unless you have a really great camera and uh, that's better than mine. But, um, th those are two of the, the hmm. main things. And then I think also an, an understanding that, um, quality is more important than quantity when it comes to any sort of social media media marketing. If you don't have something that's quality that you uh, can push out, don't push it out. Yeah. What What's your insight, given all of your experience and success uh, with social media? What is your insight as to how many times people should post? Let's just say a, a you know a business owner. How many times a week should they post on various media uh, outlets? Um, you know, again, I would say, uh, quality is, is key. If you don't have something that's worth putting out, don't put it out just because you feel like you should do so many posts a week. Yeah. That being said, um, I, I try to do on Facebook, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hmm. And is, is there a reason for that? I mean, are, are, does, does your target audience, are, are they, Looking at Facebook more on those days or? Yeah, it's, um, so I use a scheduling program for, for myself and for all of my clients that, um, identifies the, the best time to post on whatever platform you're posting on. So, um, the people that are currently following you and in your target audience, when they're most likely to be online and see your content. And that's, that's, I, tr I trust that and that works out well. How did you, how did you know to use that tool? That seems like it would be very useful. Yeah, it's um, well, a lot of trial and errors. There are a lot of programs and different services in the social media space, and um, not all of them are good. <laughs> so uh, it's just trial and error over the years, seeing which ones work well for you and making sure to, to look at your analytics every month and note what works, what doesn't work, and what can be approved upon. With your co current company, um, what gives you the most satisfaction? Um, see, and this is going to be the part where I do sound like my father. Um, it's looking at the analytics and looking at the numbers month to month and seeing the growth that to me, um, knowing that, you know, seeing a, a ranking on Google move up from, you know, 10 to first, first place, or, um, seeing traffic, uh, you know, improve by 50% or a hundred percent and just seeing the numbers that actually show success and what the ROI is. Do you have a lot of automation that you built in for your clients to help readily get these numbers or are you building manual reports to explain to your client base what's happening? 
Um, the reports are automatic. I pull those every single month from the the software that we use, and then I go through and I kind of translate those those reports into terms that are a little bit more understandable and relatable for. I'm sure for your clients to... really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're dumbing it down. In other words, you're putting it in English. <laughs> exactly. I want to be sure that they they understand. When you take on a client, do you have an intake process? Do you, what's your process for figuring out what your steps are to help them? Um, usually an initial phone call just to kind of get a high level overview of what they're looking to do. Um, and I'll follow up with that with a, a kind of a questionnaire that goes into a little bit more detail specific to their project, um, what they're looking to accomplish. And then it's a very strategic approach, um, creating a blueprint for how we're going to accomplish, um, what they're looking to do and what that looks like in terms of supporting their other marketing efforts as well. One of the unique things with Excite is that, you know, most of the clients we work with, we work with them in multiple areas. So we'll do their website, we'll do their social media, we do their email marketing. And having one agency um, that you can call to be able to handle all of those different components yeah. also means that we have an awareness of what else you're doing and how to make sure that each of those components work together. So you're doing the you're it sounds like you're you're a full service digital marketing shop. Right. That that's fair, right? Right. And so you could, you know. Help folks with parcel by parceling out. I'm sure you could probably do the email marketing. You could probably do the social media. Mm -hmm. You could help with website matters. Uh, do you ever get a client that says, Hey, Emma, I, I really just need help on my website. I need my website to generate more. Can you just help me with that? Would you take Absolutely. a client that asked you for that? Absolutely. We have a lot of a la carte type clients as well. And then do you, when you take on a client that has, uh, specific needs for a website, you know, for website, better performance, whatever you want to call it. How do you get started with them? I mean, are you tracking how many hits the website is getting? Are you tracking how many uh, meetings are generated? Walk us through that. Sure. Um, well, if it's a redesign project and it's not, you know, a brand new website for a company, um, what we'll do is we'll go in and we'll evaluate their current website, um, put it through a couple of our programs to see, you know, what is the Google page speed score? Um, how can that be improved? Um, what is their current SEO standing? What is the current rankings there? What is their current traffic? Um, really being able to look at all of the, the data and the analytics um, for both the content and the technical side to establish a baseline and then set really goals for what we can accomplish with a redesign. Yeah, that sounds that sounds realistic. Do you have a certain kind of client that you're looking for? Um, honestly, our client base is kind of all over the map. We have a lot of kind of small mom and pop shops, a lot of um, startup tech companies, um, uh, of course, working with um, film and television companies, um, personal trainers, lawyers. It's, it's kind of all over the map. The best fit for us, though, um, are clients that are truly passionate about their businesses and um, are excited about what we bring to the table and, and how we work. Do you, is your approach with people knowing that there is a huge differential in your expertise and kind of what your client understands? Take me, for example. I, ex I understand like sort of next to nothing about all the things you just dis discussed. I know they're important, but I also know it's important to sort of leave it to somebody that that's what they do. What is your expectation of involvement, you know, for the clients that you take on? 
Um, it's different from client to client. Sometimes we have clients that say we fully trust you and we fully trust everything you're going to put out. Run with it. We don't want to work with it. Yeah, that or doesn't, we don't, doesn't we don't want to bother, bother, be bothered with it. So um, we have we have a few clients like that that um, and and that works out great. <laughs> and then we have other clients that, you know, um, definitely want to be more hands on and involved and improve everything that goes out. Um, we're very flexible to be able to work with our clients in whatever way best fits them and, and their business. You know, in looking at all of the the, the options media-wise, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and, and for business owners, for entrepreneurs, do you do you give them perspective on, hey, you know, if you're trying to promote professional services, you know, here are the places you should go to. Do you have perspective and thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um Facebook and LinkedIn, I think, are a given no matter what industry you're in. Um, Twitter, I would also argue, if you have the bandwidth to to do that one as well. Um, Instagram's a great one, but if you're not in a in an industry that um, is is creative or visual, that can be a little bit more of a struggle to keep up with. So it's usually Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn that I recommend to business owners, and if they're um, you know, looking to reach consumers or they have a product, um, then Instagram as well. Yeah. Staying on top of it. Uh, if you're busy and you're working in your business, uh, during the, during go time, you know, mm-hmm. 7am to 5 or 6pm, it, it seems like it could be very, uh, very much a challenge to stay on top of it. So I, I would, I would guess that you probably would offer that, uh, to, to businesses, to, to, to business owners that, didn't have the time to do that, right? Exactly. Um, you know, do what you're an expert at. I I can't write legal contracts. I'm going to go to a lawyer for that. A lawyer yeah. doesn't want to do social media, doesn't know how to do it. They'll come <clears throat> to me. So it's it's definitely using your time as wisely as you can. Do you have a particular segment of client that you like working with or that you're focused on at the moment? Um, for me, I, I know you like, I know you want business owners that feel strongly about what they do. Obviously that's key. Absolutely. Um, you know, I named, I named my business excite creative for a reason. I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> about what I do. I love it. We um, never would have picked up on that. <laughs> I'm very passionate about it. So those are the business owners that I love working with the most, but, um, I will say that, um, working with female entrepreneurs is something that just, you know, really personally motivates me and, uh, it's something that, you know, why is that Emma? I think it's just the, the stories and the transparency, um, and just the, the honesty that, that gets shared and the stories that get told. Um, it's just something that I really love hearing and I really love hearing how they started their business and mm. the, the, the struggles they had and the challenges they overcame. And it's just, it's incredibly in- inspiring. And that's, those stories are the reason why I started Women's Business Daily is I wanted to be able to kind of capture that all in one location and have a place that people could go to for that type of inspiration and motivation. You know, it's it's funny. We we have sort of a, a similar shared experiences there. The whole genesis of the Tuesdays with Corey show started uh, by me wanting to um, really talk about all the contributions that ladies are making to their communities, their industries, their uh, organizations. And uh, I realized that growing up, you know, my mom was a business owner in the 60s before women women weren't supposed to do that. And, um, you know, my sister was an excellent high school athlete and is in our uh, high school athletics hall of fame. And at a time when Girls were supposed to be cheerleaders and take home ec classes. And I realized that early on that I was very, very positively affected. And it didn't occur to me 
ever that my experience was unique, but obviously it was. And so I find myself even now, I hear some, you know, some folks will sometimes say, well, hey, but you know, this, you know, she's a great uh, lawyer for a female. And it, it always struck me as odd because don't you just want a good one? Yeah, I just and, want and a good lawyer. Don't, yeah. don't, don't you want somebody that's going to get, I mean, do I really care if I'm going to an endodontist to get a root canal if it's a woman as long as the pain goes away? I don't. So right. it's, that's always struck me as odd. And so this, you know, we started the show to talk about all of the great contributions that, you know, uh, female business owners like yourselves are making to the community. So it's, it's been an easy and natural transition for me, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's, um, I still remember when I was, I was, I believe I was 16. I was working at the, was that last week? (laughs) I'll take it. Um, I, uh, was working at the local ice skating rink and you know, it was, I was, I was making minimum wage five fifteen an hour. And, uh, my, my boyfriend was making five ninety five an hour and we had the same job and we started the same day. And I was like, what the heck? Like how, why? And, um, that was kind of my first experience with that. And, um, you know, at a, at an age when I didn't really understand the, the bigger picture of it. And it's just something that I've always kind of felt very passionate about talking about and, and creating conversation around these topics because they need to be talked about. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I don't begrudge any, um, anybody, anything that they make you know, uh, you know, male, female or what have you. I, I, I think it's, like I said before, I think it's unique. You know, you just want a good one of whatever, right? you know, whether it's uh, a web designer or a dentist or a CPA or whatever. And you got to like, know, and trust them. I mean, uh, that's something that, um, uh, it's one thing I've learned in my 55 years of existence is, you know, if I don't like someone, I, I, I just can't get to know them. And if I don't know them, I, I, I certainly can't uh, use their services or put them in front of my clients for sure. Right. Absolutely. So how did you, how long, you skated competitively for a while. 13 years. How come, was there a reason you didn't go further with it? Um, you know, it was, it was a challenge. Um, it was a huge time commitment, I'd imagine. Huge time commitment. And we didn't really have a rink for a large part of those, those years near the house. Um, you know, I, I grew up and lived in Jonesboro and we were. So where did you go skate to practice? Uh, Stone Mountain for a while until the rink closed there in 96 in preparation for the Olympics. And then it was. So that was what, 45 minutes away from where you grew up, roughly? Yeah. Yeah. And then it was Marietta and then Duluth. And there were some times where, um, our our team our precision skating team was based out of stone mountain and when that closed we didn't have a home and then all the other rinks had their teams and they those teams got priority so we would have situations where we were driving to south carolina or to huntsville to skate you know at 5 a.m in the morning and uh bless my parents for like for doing it and and keeping up with it and um i loved it for so long and then it i just i would i got a little burnout on it towards the end it was a huge time commitment yes and um i also had the realization that you know i started at 7 i didn't start at 4 i wasn't going to the olympics so it was uh, just kind of changing was there my a, priorities was there a was there a aha moment about that when you realized maybe your time is uh better spent doing something different 
Um, I don't know if there was an aha moment. There definitely was moments where, um, you know, I would fall and it would hurt more. <laughs> and so I'd be like, all right, well. So maybe that's part of getting older. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I think that that you certainly learned, you probably learned a, a lot of lessons about discipline. How many hours a week were you practicing for your team? Um, it was usually, oh gosh, probably six, five to six. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty much a day. Yeah, pretty much. So what took up your time when you decided to walk away from the ice skating part of your life? How did you fill that time? Uh, it was when I fully walked away from it, I was in college. So I was, uh, roughly around the time I started Fanbolt and, um, you know, doing a lot of web design, building, building brands, building subsites for Fanbolt. Um, so I really threw myself into that because I just, I loved building things and, um, I was able to, to do so much of that with that brand. So you've, this Fanbolt, uh, uh, business You've really, from where I sit, you've really parlayed that into, you know, a lot of trips, a lot of very, very unique experiences. Uh, I mean, I, I see your dad a good bit and he says, well, you know, Emma went over here and you know, she's over in Europe for this thing. And, and how did that happen? I mean, I know you're really good at what you do, but how does somebody that, that, that starts a company like Fan, how, how do they get access to those things? Um, well, a, a lot of that is through what's called influencer marketing. And, um, in addition to the social media profiles that my company has, my, my own, um, social media profiles, um, kind of, uh, attract companies that are looking to do influencer marketing. So I'll have a company come to me and say, you know, we really like your content. We like your audience. We want to, we want to do something organic with you where we can promote our, our brand or our services or our location to, to your audience. So, for example, I, w- I worked with um, Scotland uh, to go over there and uh, highlight Harry Potter filming locations. I worked with Ireland to highlight uh, Star Wars and Game of Thrones locations. I worked with Kia to promote the, the release of the Stinger, and I was able to, to drive a Stinger for a year. Hmm. Um, so it's it's it all kind of falls under the, the influencer marketing where their brands are specifically looking to be able to reach my audience and my demographic. You also list uh, your uh, a lot of experience public speaking. How did you get into that, and how do you like that, and how does that fit into your businesses that you have? Um, I've done – well, when I first got started with it, I was speaking at high schools, um, kind of talking about my journey of you know uh, creating my own businesses and kind of paving my own way to, to do what I was really passionate about in life. And I love doing that. I love being able to, to talk to high schoolers and inspire them to, to follow their dreams. Um, but then also – Talking at a number of industry converse or industry events um, about uh, social media, web design, the importance of uh, the digital presence that you have for your business. Um, also, you know, moderating panels with um, different celebrities for in promotion of the the movies and TV shows they have coming out. So it's kind of all over the map. I I used to hate it. I honestly used to hate it, and now I I really love it. Gee, I've never heard that before. <laughs> Well, it can be a, it can be a very, very good, uh, generator. Uh, it can be very, very effective for business development, whether you're, you know, you know, speaking on your own or on a panel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have certain social media outlets like LinkedIn or Facebook that you prefer that you believe are easier to work with than, than others? I mean, 
to me, I, you know, there's, there's LinkedIn, there, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter. And I know they each have their own set of, you know, metrics that you follow if you're hitting a specific group, but is one of those easier for you to work with given your experience than others? Um, I think Facebook is probably the easiest to work with. They Why do you say that? They have a really robust advertising platform. Um, I can target uh, f- for a better price than I would be able to target on LinkedIn because LinkedIn can kind of offer some of the same functionality in terms of who you're able to target. But I can target business owners um, that live in a certain area that match a certain demographic that are interested, you know, in in certain. TV shows or technologies or industries or whatever it may be, I can pinpoint that and get a lower cost per click or a lower cost per per customer than I can on any of the other platforms. Have you had the most success there then? Um, for my business, yes. I would say for me, um, as uh, with the social media influencer work that I've done um, with FanBolt, Instagram has been the the most successful. What's important uh, for you when someone is making a referral to your organization for your Excite business? Um, I think it's just, um, uh, you know, having having someone 90 90- of our business is referrals. That is how we get the the majority of our clients. So it's um, just being able to work, like I said before, with companies that are really passionate and have realistic expectations for for what their budget is. That's that's the best fit. Clients don't have realistic (laughs) expectations? Really? This just in. This just in. (laughs) What do you think separates you from others that do what you do? Um, I think there are a number of things. Uh, one being the, uh, being a full service creative agency, kind of being able to, to handle multiple parts of a project and know how each of those pieces support the other. Um, another one is how accessible I am. All of my clients have my cell phone number and text me, call me after hours sometimes. And, um, there's, uh, well, you don't need to sleep. You're only 18 years old. Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, I understand it as an entrepreneur myself, being able to get a hold of, of people that you work with or team members, you know, gives you peace of mind. And that's something I want my clients to have. Um, so if they have questions after hours, I will respond to them as soon as I can. Um, and I think also it's, um, the level of excitement and, um, investment that I have in my clients. Um, no one cares as much about your business as you do, but the project that you're hiring my company for, that is my business. So I care as much about that project being successful as you do. And I think that the, that level of investment and that level of excitement that we bring to the projects, um, to our clients' projects really sets us apart from our competition. How has your business with Excite Creative Studios evolved? Um, it's it's evolved in service offerings over the years as the, so the you're technology offering more has changed. Services than you were initially? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the beginning, it was just websites, um, and then as social media happened, we you know started offering social media. Um, my experience with with both Fanbolt and Women's Business Daily um, gave me a lot of experience and education with content marketing and SEO, and those are why those two sites are successful. That's why um, I generate as much traffic as I do from those sites. Um, I know how to do it. I've done it on my own brands and I can do it on my clients' brands as well. So um, SEO is a huge part of what we do as well. Email marketing, um, all of all of those components have, have come online over the years. 
So you're probably in a position where you could uh, give clients a white paper uh, or a summary of, hey, here's what I did for FanBolt. Here are, the, here are the issues I needed to accomplish, the metrics I needed to hit, and, and here are those numbers. And then here's what I did for Excite Creative Studio. So, I mean, that to me, it, it gives you infinite credibility. Because you've done it not only once, but you've done it twice, and you have ongoing business and ongoing concerns with both companies, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, both both Fanbolt and Women's Business Daily are two of our um, the biggest portfolio pieces that we can say, look, we look at what we've done with these brands. This yeah. is what we can do for you. What do you think about where does video fit into all this? Because I hear, uh, I hear there's chatter about, well, you know, you need to be out on YouTube. You need to be putting out videos. People don't look at other information anymore. And I don't actually know if that's true or not, but I'm just wondering for myself, uh, how important is video to content marketing and putting information out there? It's super important. I mean, Why, um, as as technology progresses, um, our attention spans decline more and more. And so video and visuals and, and content of a certain link fits in well to that. Um, I'll give you an example. One of my, my law, law firms that I work with, um, we recently took a, their most successful blog post and translated each of those into videos and then put those videos into the blog post. And now each of those pages are performing considerably higher traffic than they were before. You know, we don't know the magic sauce that Google looks at with its algorithm and how much everything plays into it. But we do know that certain things do affect it. And video marketing and having video on your site definitely makes an improvement in your rankings. Going back to the to the thing that you did for your law firm, did did that require them to make videos or did you make the video, you know, animation or something uh, on your own? Did that did that require them to shoot a video to talk about the blog? Yes. Um so I have a a contractor that I work with that came okay. in, set up everything, had all the equipment and then um you know, the lawyer would just speak to the camera, um relaying the information that was in the blog post and then we I would then edit that video, put up the the opening and the closing title cards on it and then we would upload it to their YouTube and then embed it on their site. Yeah, it seems that um you know, from what I can gather, it seems that you're hitting a whole bunch more people. You you have the ability to engage and nurture a bigger audience than by just putting out a blog and posting it on, you know, Facebook or LinkedIn. Is, is that is that accurate? Absolutely. I mean, the the more places that you can spread your marketing materials, the the higher the likelihood that someone is going to stumble across you and your brand and be interested in working with you. So it's just being able to get your your content out there in as many places as you can. How does all of this fit together? The blogging the email marketing, the posting, the videos, the websites. Uh, how, I know there's no special cocktail, but sure, surely in that, you know, that uh, tremendous uh, mental horsepower that you have, you have a. You, the, I can see the gears turning. There must. How does that, all that stuff fit together? Um, content is king. You know, that's one of the things that, that Google looks at when they look at your site is how often your site is updated and being able to have a new blog as frequently as you can be able to push that out on social media, be able to have video content created from that to show that you're continually being active in and adding content to your site means that it's more up to date. And when Google's looking at you and a site that's a competitor, if your site's more up to date and has better content, that's going to rank you above your competitor. How often should somebody update their website? 
Um, again, I always go back to the, the quality over quantity. I mean, it's once um, a week. Um, once a week is great if you can do it. Um, at least once a month, you know, I, I'll have, um, clients that'll come to me that haven't updated it in years. And that's a big no, no, you need, need to be doing it more frequently than that. I would say at least once a month, if you can do once a week or, you know, twice a month, that's great. And you should absolutely do that. What do you do with your time when you're not driving the success of FanBolt or, you know, Excite? Well, I'm a bit of a workaholic. <laughs> so, um, I wonder where you get that from. <laughs> I, um, I spend a lot of my free time on FanBolt and Women's Business Daily. Um, but also so many of the things that I do in and around those brands are things that I truly love. Um, I go to media screenings several times a week to see movies before they come out so I can write reviews on them for FanBolt. It's worth What's the but coolest it's fun movie work. you've seen recently? Recently, well, uh, didn't do well at the box office this last weekend, but Dr. Sleep was amazing and it filmed here in Georgia, the sequel to The Shining. Really, really great film. I'll did, take your word for it. Did not do well, <laughs> but it is a really great film. With Women's Business Daily, is there what kind of business owner? Is there a specific kind of business owner that you're looking for there? Um, Honestly, it is, it's, um, you know, being able to speak to millennial entrepreneurs, um, that are looking to get started, how to get started, where to get started, what do they need to know that they don't know? But then also speaking to, um, women that have built companies and sold them and had success with them and being able to convey that information to, to those that are just starting out and also being able to showcase, you know, uh, companies that are just starting out to, people that have, you know, been around for a while. So it's, it's all over, all over the map with that. So it seems like there's a wide span of experience that would be of interest to you. Absolutely. Uh, ranking from somebody that's just getting started all the way to somebody that's bought and sold companies and maybe has something to offer somebody, you know, as a new, uh, female business owner thinking about getting into owning her business. Is that right? Absolutely. What gives you the most satisfaction with women's business daily? Um, you know, I do these, uh, in addition to the, the content, the, the regular article content we put out on that site, we do a number of features on business owners. And that to me gives me the most enjoyment and just excitement about what I do is being able to hear their stories and also learn from them, you know, situations that they've been in that I've not been in. And I wouldn't have thought about how I would have handled them or what I would have done. And it's being able to share that knowledge and learn from one another and, and support one another. That is is the most fulfilling for me. Yeah, and pick everybody up as opposed to nitpicking. That that that's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Celebrate what what everyone is doing versus pulling it apart. If someone was to engage your services from where they sit, what are the most important questions they need to ask you? Because along those lines, a lot of you know, people that do what you do um, often take advantage of people that don't understand what they're doing. Right. And so how do you avoid that? How have you had so much success? You must have avoided it for the most part. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said before, 99% of my business is referral. So it's, um, you know, someone that's had a good experience with us, um, telling their friends, telling their neighbors, um, about working with us. And that really speaks for itself. But what I would say, um, you know, if you're looking at working at it with a digital marketing agency or with a web designer is look at their reviews online. You don't go and buy an 
an expensive piece of technology yeah. from Amazon without reading the reviews. You you wouldn't hire a digital marketing agency without looking at their reviews. You know, that really speaks for itself and will kind of, you know, give you the confidence that you need to make a decision. Is there a certain number of reviews that a business needs to uh, be looked at as legitimate? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think if if you don't see the number of reviews that you would want to see with a company, you know. What do you think somebody should look for? 50, 100? Well, for small businesses, that's not going to be, you know, realistic to have that many reviews. Um, I, I think it's just looking at what, what individuals that have worked with them have said and, um, how many, with the reviews they do have, is there anything negative? If there is anything negative, how has that been addressed? How has the company been proactive in that? Sometimes negative reviews speak more, more so than positive reviews. So, how so? Uh, because it shows a company making something right. Um, that being said, Excite does not have any negative reviews, so I have not crossed that bridge yet. But um, it's uh, it's something that for me, when I look at reviews uh, for service providers or for products, I am more interested in reading the negative reviews and seeing how the company or brand responds to that because it shows how much they care and how much they want to make things right if something does go wrong. So another one of your accomplishments that I've always been impressed with is you were the valedictorian of your class. And... You know, I know you're very bright, but how did, did you decide when you were, before you went into high school that, hey, I need to be the valedictorian of my class? How did that happen? No, I, I really never thought about it and, um, didn't think about it until I was told that I was the valedictorian. Um, everything that I've approached, I've always approached with, um, I'm going to give it nothing less than my best. And every single, you know, test I got back with a 95, I was like, what, I would, want to make this a hundred. Like what can I, what can I do moving forward to make sure that I can do the best that I can on everything. And it's how I've approached everything in life. And that's, um, it, that, that was just a repercussion of my, my, uh, tenacity. <laughs> so it sounds like you don't have a problem leaving it all out on the floor as we used to say in the old country. I mean, you're going to give your best and put, put forth your best effort. And that's, I mean, that's a tremendous accomplishment. How many folks were in your graduating class? Uh, 220 something. And you were number one by yourself. Yeah, I was number one. Yeah, Stone, that's something you and I didn't have to worry about, I don't think, did we? <laughs> well, congratulations. That's a, that's Thank a huge, you. that's a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, you, you were referred on the show by somebody that we have a great deal of respect for and, uh, you've, uh, achieved a, a certain level of excellence. And I know we talked a little bit about what separates you, but I think when I, knowing you, the things that that separate you for me is that uh, you've got you've gotten your hands dirty doing the work, so you have you know what a client needs to do. That I think is gives you great credibility. I think uh, I like working with people that uh, have uh, been great athletes in the past, and it doesn't matter what it was if it was track or skating or wrestling or whatever, because I think it in order to do what you did, you had to. There's a certain amount of blocking and tackling that has to happen every single day. Otherwise, you don't get the success that you uh, get. And I think also, you know, being able to perform in a solo environment like being the valedictorian of your class, I think that shows a certain level of discipline, tenacity. And so those are those are three things that really speak to me, you know, in terms of what you've done. I mean, I know you've done other things. I think the other thing that's cool is all of this influencer work that you have done for people because of the results you're able to drive. I think that also speaks volumes as well. 
I, I, I should be a paid uh, commercial sponsor for you, shouldn't you should, I? Yeah, absolutely, you should be. Let's talk. <laughs> what um, What do you think uh, you're going to do going forward? I mean, you're young. You've obviously experienced a great deal of success. You've recently gotten married. I have. I have. And um, so what do you do with your free time? I know you work a lot, but, you know, when you shut it off, what do you do? Um, when I shut it off, uh, cause you did make the comment initially about work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, it's so much of, I've, I've made a career out of things that I'm truly passionate about and, and some of my career is, is my hobby. So, um, I think for me when I'm not working, um, traveling, I'm, I want to see as much of the world as I possibly can see. Um, well, you've seen a lot of it now. I have seen a lot of it. What's the coolest place you've been to? Oh, that's hard. Um, well, pick two. Pick two. Um, I loved Scotland. Um, I had such an incredible. Why? I had. Well, I I was traveling with an individual that that um, really tested tested my <laughs> my endurance for a trip. Um, some things went wrong with our car on that trip, and she was a, a fellow influencer. And um, it just it ended up being this crazy, awesome adventure that should have not ended well, but ended really well. Um, and we got to see a lot of cool places. We got stranded on the Isle of Skye. It was just it was so much fun. That and um, all of Italy. I I would move to Italy in a heartbeat if I could. I don't think, uh, I don't, I'm not sure, I, I'm sure your dad and mom would have something to say about they that. They would not be a fan of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what's next? Um, continuing to grow my businesses, um, launching, launching more businesses. Um, Women's Business Daily has some really cool stuff uh, that's happening early next year. We're rebranding and relaunching, rebranding and relaunching that, bringing in some additional um, contributors there and really building out the community of female entrepreneurs on that site to be able to mentor and offer advice to those getting started. Do you have get togethers for Women's Business Daily? Do you have uh, any meetups or anything like that? How else are you driving the brand there? I know you're doing a ton of work there, but are there other things that you're doing that we need to know about? Um, not doing events currently, although I am in talks um, about having retreat, retreats and, and kind of um, bringing some of what we're doing in the digital space into the physical space. So I am working with a company on that, and um, hopefully we'll have more to say about that in early 2020. What do you mean bringing it into the physical space, digital um, versus physical? Uh, you know, bringing in some of the same contributors that we have, writing content and offering advice on the site, bringing those those individuals into a, a weekend retreat to be able to do workshops and do really focused um, focused sessions on working with entrepreneurs and what they need to know and and how they can better build and grow their businesses. Is there a percentage of time that you spend on Excite Creative Studios versus Fanbolt? Is it fifty fifty? Is it Generally, or if you looked at the course of the last 365 days, what would the breakdown be? Oh, they're, they're both full-time jobs. Um, it's, uh, it changes from day to day. And honestly, that's what I love most about what I do is that I can you know, be flexible enough to where I'm coding all day on a website one day. And then the next day I'm on a film set, you know, interviewing an actor. It's, I can make my schedule what it needs to be. And, um, it's, like I said before, I know it qualifies as work, but I, I don't, it doesn't feel like work. Is there a part of it that you enjoy more than other parts? I mean, you mentioned coding and you mentioned, you know, do, do you enjoy that? 
Absolutely. Um, I enjoy- You really are a mutant. <laughs> I love understanding how and why things work and making things work. Um, so that to me is where I get the most satisfaction and excitement with what I do. How are you giving back uh, to your community that you're living in now? Um, you know, that was really my goal when I started Women's Business Daily is I wanted to be able to help other people that were starting out that maybe didn't have the the resources that I had or, you know, the network that I had. Um, so much of me launching my business, uh, I mentioned my parents being extremely supportive, but having my dad, a, a CPA, be able to really say, okay, you need this, you need this, you need that. Those are not things that I would have known had he not told me. So being able to- And he's not of, shy about telling people. I know. No, no, not at all. Um, so I, I think it's just being able to to give back and be able to um, let other people learn from my experiences and and also showcase others that have had success and and be able to um, just share that knowledge with as many many um, entrepreneurs as I can. Yeah, you mentioned the word experiences. I'm assuming that that uh, involves both good and uh, not so good experiences. And and to me. Uh, you know, it seems like you are in a very strong position having been at this for quite a while where you can say to somebody that's thinking about doing what you're doing, do this, don't do that. And here's why you don't do that. There's a lot of, uh, uh, I think there's a lot of mojo and a lot of power in that. And, um, you know, it's my two cents worth. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I speak about Fambolt and Women's Business Daily as my, uh, as two brands that were side projects that were successful. I've had side projects that were not successful and I honestly learned more from those experiences than I have from the success that I've had. So, I mean, learning from the things that don't work is, is just as important and valuable and as, as what does work. Well, this is great. So, Emma, you've had all of this success and at a still relatively young age, what, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I think I would go back and say, um, don't be afraid of taking risk. You know, I've always, I always, I'm a planner. I prepare. I try to make sure that I'm, you know, approaching everything the right way. And there's sometimes when you're doing something new where you just need to think outside the box and you just need to trust your gut. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. Um, but like I said before, if it doesn't work, you'll learn more in those experiences than you will from the ones that do. If there were a young lady that were thinking about taking the path that you've taken, what advice would you have for her? Um, I would say just do it. You know, the, the time is going to pass regardless, you know, a year from now, you could either be a year into building your business or you could still be talking about doing it. So just do it is one thing. Um, secondly, I would say, um, especially for the youth today, growing up with social media, being such an integral part of their life, be careful what you put out there. Um, you know, everything I've ever put on social media has been to support Emma Loggins as a brand. It's this, um, I brand myself as a geek girl. I love the film, television, travel, tech, all of these things. And that is all of the content that I put out there on my own social media supports that narrative and supports that brand. Um, so just being strategic with thinking of yourself as a brand and how you want to present yourself to the world, um, just to be conscious of that with social media. So, Emma, you've had great success with uh, FanBolt, great success with Excite Creative Studios. If the listenership wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? 
Um, well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Emma Loggins on each of those accounts. Um, you can find me online at fanbolt.com, excite.com, email address Emma at, or excuse me, excitecs.com and email address Emma at excitecs.com. Phone. I don't want to get off my mobile, Corey. <laughs> that, uh, that's only for clients. All right. Um, well, Emma, but... you've been, you've been a tremendous <laughs> guest. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. continued success. And uh, just you've been a great guest today. And, and thanks so much for being on the show. Continued success. Thank you. I appreciate it.